0: In today's Gospel, we have the classic story of the Good Samaritan. Now, many of us have heard this story many times throughout our lives. In fact, some of us have it memorized. Now, when I was growing up, I remember my parish priests would always read this Gospel parable and then launch into a homily about social justice, on how we have to or have a duty to care for the poor. I'm not going to argue against that. Absolutely. As Catholics in the Catholic Church, we have a duty and an obligation to care for all people, especially the underserved. But I think this parable is unique, unlike any other parable. It has a spiritual depth to it, unlike any other story in the Gospels. And so what I want to do is I want to dive deep into this Gospel And in this parable of the Good Samaritan, the early church fathers, like St. Augustine, St. Irenaeus, they all saw that this was a story about the fall of grace of Adam and Eve and God's plan of redemption. That's how deep this gospel passage is in this parable. It's like any other. Now, notice how it begins people come to Jesus with a question about eternal life, and immediately Jesus launches into this parable. And this parable essentially is how God gives us eternal life, and it teaches us how God saves us in God's plan for us all. And in doing so, we find out in this parable that Jesus truly is the hero of this parable. Now, how does it begin? It says, a man traveled going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now stop right there. Topographically speaking, Jerusalem is one of the highest places in all of Israel. It's a city built on top of a mountain. And Jericho is just the opposite. It's essentially a town that is below sea level. In fact, two to 3,000 feet below sea level. It's right next to the Dead Sea. Spiritually speaking, the symbolism is that Jerusalem stands for righteousness, a right relationship with God. Remember, in Jerusalem was the temple, which was where the presence of God could be found. And so, Jerusalem stands for the well-ordered soul. Jericho is just the opposite. It is a symbol of sin, the improperly ordered soul. And so, this man is traveling down, from righteousness with God, a right relationship, down into sin. So immediately this man represents all of humanity, all of us, falling victim to sin, starting with Adam and Eve in the fall of grace, and centuries thereafter, including today, because we're all born into this world with original sin. So immediately, this story reaches out and grabs us. We are now drawn into the story. We are this man who's descending down this mountain. Now, the story continues. It says, he fell victim to robbers. Well, that's what sin does. It robs us of the well-ordered soul, and therefore it's difficult to follow the will of God. It says he was beaten and left half dead. Well, symbolically, sin doesn't completely kill us, no, but it beats us up. It leaves us half dead. It prevents us from being fully alive. Herein lies the great spiritual picture of the effects of sin. It gets us lost, beaten, and half dead. Now next in the story, it says a priest and then a Levite came by, and they walked on the opposite side of the road and passed the man. Now the priest and the Levite represent the religious establishment of that period. Now, they intentionally go to the opposite side of the road to walk past this man. Now, you say to yourself, well, that's odd. If there's anyone that should help this man, it should be the priest and the Levite. After all, they're holy people. They're the religious establishment. Why why did they do that? Why did they walk past him and stay as far away from him as possible? Well, they're essentially following the strict Jewish purity laws specifically said, you could only touch a dead person within your family. If you touched anyone outside of your family that was dead, you were ritually unclean, which meant you could no longer go into the temple nor into any synagogue. And essentially, this priest and Levite were prevented from doing their jobs. So they valued their jobs more than tending to and caring for this half-beaten, half-dying man. Now, notice also the direction in which they're going. They're not going up the mountain in the right relationship with God. They're going down the mountain. What does that mean? It means we're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. We're all caught in the web of sin. More to it, we can't save ourselves. That's why we need a Savior. Now, the Samaritan comes and it says he was moved with compassion Well, that Samaritan represents Jesus, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit has compassion for a fallen world that is half dead to sin. Now, it's important to know something about these Samaritans. Samaritans and Jews did not get along. In fact, they hated each other for centuries on end. The Jews considered the Samaritan as outsiders. Now, look at Jesus. He too was considered an outsider by the religious establishment of his time. He was constantly second-guessed or criticized or ridiculed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Later on in his life, as Jesus hung upon the cross, he, too, was hated by many people. Now, the story continues. It says the Samaritan came down from his horse and approached with compassion. Well, didn't Jesus do the same thing? Jesus came down from heaven, and he strips himself of all of his grandeur and majesty, and he takes on our humanity, and he does so with great compassion for us all. Next, it says the Samaritan poured oil and wine in the man's wounds. Well, that's symbolic of the sacraments. We use oil in baptism and confirmation, anointing of the sick. The wine represents the Eucharist in which we eat and drink Jesus' body and blood. We literally take Jesus into our life. You see, the sacraments represent our participation in the life of Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus, he pours the sacraments into us. And in doing so, he heals our wounds that are being caused by sin. Now, those wounds come in many different forms for us. Maybe it's gossiping, maybe it's selfishness, bearing grudges, prejudice, whatever it is, hatred. Whatever the wounds from our sin are, the effect is still the same. The weakened will for us, the inability for us to follow the will of God. Next, it says the Samaritan lifted the man up on his animal and took him to the inn. Well, doesn't Jesus do the same thing for us? Jesus lifts us out of the quagmire of sin by his forgiveness. You know, it reminds me of the story of Peter. When Jesus called Peter to walk on the water, Peter's lack of faith, he began to sink into the water. Jesus grabs him and he lifts him up over the water and into the boat. Well, that's exactly what Jesus does for us, especially when we go to confession. Jesus essentially lifts us out of our sinfulness and forgives us. Now, the Samaritan has this agreement with the inn. He wants the innkeeper to care for the man while the Samaritan is away. Here, at the inn represents our church, the church that is entrusted by God to care for all of humanity. And therefore, only in the church are we fed with Jesus' body and blood, and only in the church are we healed by our wounds. Through the sacraments of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important for us to remain in the church. Now, one last thing. He tells the innkeeper, I will repay you when I come back. We give Jesus many different titles. One title we give Jesus is Redeemer. Redeemer comes from the Latin root word Redeemer, which when translated to English also means to buy back. Before Jesus came into this world, we were all held hostage by sin and death. And yet, through Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, he pays the ultimate price for our salvation. And so, we are redeemed. We are bought back by Jesus' death and resurrection. And more to it, we are healed by Jesus' sacraments. Friends, strongly consider you, to take some time this week, can't afford not to reread the story of the Good Samaritan. It's our story. It's the story of the fall of grace and God's plan of redemption for us all. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.